Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, Open Floor? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and today in a very special episode that I slash we are unofficially calling the NBA Potluck Season Preview Extravaganza, I'm joined on the other line by my good friends and Sports Illustrated colleagues, Rohan Notkerny, Chris Herring, and from SI's crossover podcast, Howard Beck and Chris Mannix. In today's show, we are going to preview the Western Conference, and then tomorrow, over on the crossover feed, which you should definitely subscribe to if you don't already, we'll take a deep look at the Eastern Conference. So before we begin, per usual, thanks to all of our incredible listeners for sending amazing emails in. Keep them coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Okay, let's just jump in right now. Uh, we have a bunch of topics and, and questions we want to get to, and there's, there's no greater spectacle or obvious starting point in a conversation about the Western Conference than the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, guys, I assume we all agree on the Lakers' ceiling, which is winning the championship. They have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and like five other guys who were all-stars in 2012. But there are several reasons for concern here as well, and, and that was before Trevor Ariza and Taylor Horton Tucker were sidelined by injuries over the past few weeks. So I'll kick things off by throwing this question to you, Mannix, and then we'll all just kind of have at it. Um, what is the Lakers' floor this season? Can they finish fifth? Will they compete in the play-in again? Um, or as 538's projection system foretells, maybe they miss the playoffs altogether. What, what do you think here, and what intrigues you the most about this team? Well, let me start with two quick things one Howard we need both an email address and nicknames for each other because we don't have them and you guys have us beat on on that count um I, I don't see the floor being the play in or out of the playoffs I mean one thing about Westbrook's presence in my mind is it's going to enable them 
to win maybe regular season games when they're not fully healthy. Like if you have to rest LeBron James, Russell Westbrook has proven in the past that he has been able to basically put a team on his back and win regular season games. Uh, That may not lead to the best record in the Western Conference, but I think it keeps them in that kind of four, five pack uh, throughout the course of the season. That, That to me is their floor. It looks awful right now. I mean... 0-6 in the preseason. Westbrook's averaging, I think, close to six turnovers per game in the preseason. LeBron is at like four turnovers per game. They've got injuries to like half the roster at this point, including most of the guys they brought in to be shooters Mm -hmm. in the offseason. But I still think that because Westbrook has so much of a history of winning regular season games, they won't fall behind out of that middle of the pack four, five, six range. I'm so let's go start with here. Oh, oh, no, go, go ahead, ahead Robert. Go ahead. Well, I'll just I'll just say I think their floor, their definite floor, is a, is a first round playoff exit. I don't think that's impossible, depending on the way the Western Conference shakes out, who gets into the play in. Uh, a lot of this is based on you know where the Warriors entering the playoffs because of the clay injury. We also have the Nuggets and the Clippers. I, I just it's shocking to me that they acquired Westbrook after the way the Lakers specifically played him in the playoffs in the bubble when he was on the Rockets and they were ignoring him uh, while James Harden had the ball. And I, I, I just keep having this vision and it's three minutes left in the fourth quarter of an important game and LeBron has the ball. And what's Russell Westbrook doing? Is he setting screens? He's never done that before. Is he committed to cutting to the hoop? He's never done that across a full season. I, I To me, it wouldn't be shocking if they went out in the first round again only because... I do think they have a roster that can be exposed in certain playoff settings. No, it's absolutely shocking if they go out in the first round. They have LeBron James and Anthony <laughs> Davis. I don't care how ill-fitting everybody else is. If those guys are healthy and they lose in the first round, trust me, we will all be saying we're shocked. I mean, I understand it's year 19 and he's going to be 37, LeBron, and all that stuff. I mean, I think in the regular season, at worst, they're fifth, mostly because how many teams can you really count on being ahead of them? Like, if the, if the Westbrook fit is as, as awkward as a lot of us think it might be, and even if they have some injuries along the way, they already do, I mean, how many of the teams among the group of Phoenix, Utah, Denver, Golden State, Clippers, Portland, Dallas, how many of those teams are seriously going to finish ahead of the Lakers in the regular season, even if they stumble? Like, I have a lot of faith in Phoenix, Utah, Denver, and maybe the Warriors. I don't have that much faith in the Clippers, Portland, and Dallas. So I think... Regular season floor, fifth seed. Playoffs, they're definitely advancing as long as the big three are healthy. When I look at this team real quick, I mean, defense is a question mark. AD's willingness to play center is a question mark. And I just, I think that there's more. I, know, I hear what you're saying, Mannix, about Westbrook um, kind of being able to just win you regular season games, but... Last year when he was on the floor without Brad Beal, the Wizards were trash. And I have a hard time kind of, I mean, looking at how Westbrook and even the lineups when it's just Westbrook and AD with LeBron on the bench. Like, the Lakers, since AD went there, when LeBron isn't on the floor with AD, the Lakers stink. So I'm not, like, guaranteeing that the Lakers are going to put out a passable product on the court when it's just AD and Russ, because I wonder who the other three players are. Like, are you going to have to, 
um, play big? Are you going to put a big next to to AD? In which case, your shooting and your spacing is just it's it's garbage. It's a dumpster fire. Or are you going to put Mello and Malik Monk and and Kendrick Nunn out there? And then your defense is just atrocious. So I don't. I just think I think there's a lot of questions here. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. So, though, shout out to 538 for putting out a model that has them at a 49% chance to to make the playoffs. I think that that's a little silly. Um, but you know, fifth seed, sixth seed. I don't know. I, the plan wouldn't totally shock me, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, LeBron is not young, and I don't know. There's going to be a year, I don't know when it's going to be, that he's going to take a step back from being a top three player to being the 11th player, 12th player in the NBA. I don't know if that's going to be this season. Uh, is coming off the worst year of his career. Is his jumper going to look right? Is he going to finally hit threes? Can he make up for all of the defensive shortcomings that his teammates have? I don't know. I just think there's a lot of questions here, and I do not envy Frank Vogel right now. Did anybody not wonder why they didn't just run this back from last year? I mean, they had a a team last year that if AD doesn't get hurt, they beat Phoenix, and then they roll through Denver, and they roll through the banged-up Clippers, they get to the finals, and who's betting against LeBron James in the finals? I actually asked Rob Palenka this a couple of weeks ago, and he basically said it came down to money, which is... Uh, interesting, given the Lakers are one of uh, the most valuable franchise in the NBA, but they let Alex Caruso walk, who is a defensive-minded guy. They shake up, you know, Dennis Schroeder can be a bit of a doofus, but like he is a, is a pretty good player. Like I, I don't, I didn't really understand the emphasis on bringing in ten new players, including two big men who are going to have to play sporadically, to say the least, if you're going to put the best possible shooting lineup out there on the floor. That that perplexed me the most about the Lakers' offseason. They blew the whole thing up when the reality is, if not for a tweaked groin, AD's tweaked groin, they're probably in the finals. No, I, and they also had a great team in the regular season before everyone got hurt. I mean, if you remember before LeBron and AD went down, they were playing way better than anyone else imagined coming off such a short layoff from the bubble. They somehow finished last year number one in defense despite all the injuries. And not only to bring in 10 new guys... I mean, DeAndre Jordan wasn't playing for the Nets in the playoffs. Dwight Howard's minutes were a disaster for the Sixers in the playoffs. Kendrick Nunn was getting targeted every time by the Bucks down the floor. The Heat got blown out. Uh, same goes for Trevor Ariza, who it, it might even be their best offseason pickup. The Hornets didn't even offer Malik Monk a qualifying offer. I, it, not only to bring in 10 new guys, but to bring in guys who basically all flamed out in their last stop. I could not believe it. And to me, it just feels like they're putting this giant handicap on LeBron and saying, LeBron will figure it out. Him and AD are so talented. And frankly, the West has so many injuries this year and is so wide open that it could still kind of work in their favor. But I think this is definitely a a worse team than the one they entered last season with. Well, if you guys don't have any other uh, thoughts on the Lakers, we can move on um, to something that is kind of... Uh, a little bit connected to them, associated to them, given the star power. But I, when I was putting together this outline, I was thinking about the Western Conference and just the the talent level in terms of how we rank these guys and how we look at them. Because in the East, it's kind of clear that the two best players in the league and the entire league are over there with, with Giannis and with KD. But then we look at the West, and I think it's more of an interesting conversation that opens up all these different... Uh, portals into discussing teams and players and just the the infrastructure of this of the conference this season. So let's get to the for, question for you, Mike. Chris Herring. Thank you, Rohan. I am about to. Um, for you, Chris Herring, um, 
Who is the best player in the Western Conference right now? Um, I'll say Bron, but I'll say it with the caveat that if Kawhi was healthy, I would pick him. Uh, you know, Bron, Bron it's, it's tougher because I kind of feel like his play doesn't have to fall off for us to kind of just look at his age and say, okay, you might, we can give you the benefit of the doubt with the first serious injury or the first injury that takes you out for like a third of a season, half of a season. But then when it starts to happen, even if it's a freak sort of injury that you have, you're more likely to have freak injuries the longer you play, the the higher up you get into that age range. Um, and quite frankly, I think some of the stuff Kawhi just kind of does naturally to play both ends of the floor. LeBron can do that, but I kind of feel like it takes more out of LeBron's tank to have to do it. Um, and that, you know, normally you want him saving that so that he doesn't get hurt, uh, so that he doesn't get run down. So I'll still say LeBron, but I'm kind of with you, what you were saying earlier, where after this season, if he's 11th or 12th, I don't think it's really that much of a surprise anymore. Uh, whereas it always feels a little bit, a little bit, I think everybody's kind of afraid to be the first one to say LeBron's not the best player in the world anymore. I think we've crossed that bridge now, but now I still think there's going to be a little bit of a delay to kind of say that he's not the best player in his conference until somebody definitively just kind of takes it from him. And so Kawhi probably would have had that opportunity. Um, if it's not LeBron uh, in the West, I think you probably look at Steph. I'm sure Jokic would probably have something to say. Um, and I think Luka is, is, is right there, but man, I, I cannot see San Luka in front of LeBron again. And you and I were having this conversation, Michael, he hasn't won a playoff series yet. I mean, he, he very well could be the best individual player over there, but I'm not ready to make that proclamation with, uh, with kind of his track record, his team's track record, um, over LeBron. I don't think I can bring myself to do that just yet. I look forward See, I, I to Ro Rohan writing the Luca is better than LeBron column coming up in a couple of weeks. But Be Beck, you were you were saying something. I'll let. I no, did, I, sorry for cutting you off. I just no, just to pick up on something that Herring said. I don't think anybody's afraid of saying that LeBron's no longer the best player. Like this has been an annual you know ritual for the last three four years. People trying to declare Durant is now the best player, Steph is now the best player, Kawhi is now the best player, Giannis is now the best. Like it's an annual thing. Everybody's so eager to be the first ones to declare it and to name who the guy is. And it's not any one of them definitively, which is part of the reason why, yeah, it's probably still LeBron. And I know that like after his first year in LA, because of the groin injury, that was when people first started, you know, that's when LeBron came back with that Wash King stuff. But that was the, <laughs> the truth to his silly Wash King thing was that a lot of people were, were using his absence and that injury, the longest of his career, as a pretense to say, it's we've we've hit that point. We've moved on. It's time. He's moving into the past. And then he comes back and wins a championship. Last year, yes, misses a ton of games again and was not healthy for the postseason. But he still averages what, like twenty five and eight and eight, basically, at still high efficiency, and still can be a, a, a tremendous defender. Uh, you know, maybe not game one through eighty two, but if you've got a best of seven series to win. And you want the best two-way player who can orchestrate at one end and anchor defensively at the other. Like I'm still counting on him over the other guys, and yes, even over a healthy Kawhi. Um, LeBron's playmaking is at such a higher level than just about everybody. That, like, he, put it this way. Let's just go back to this. He, if he's not the goat, then he's goat one A or whatever. However, we break down that silly debate, mm -hmm. and that guy does not become 
the the afterthought in the best player in the conference or the league until somebody absolutely definitively takes it from him. And I still don't think we've seen that. I didn't know that Herring was so anti-Slovenian. I'm learning something new <laughs> on this podcast here. Like, <laughs> like Luka, like, yes, Luka Doncic has not won uh, a playoff series yet. He's run into the buzzsaw that is the Clippers who have two purported Luka stoppers in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And last year, he still averaged 35 and a half points in the playoffs against the Clippers. 10 plus assists in the playoffs against the Clippers. I think around seven rebounds per game against the Clippers. I I would still lean towards LeBron. I think LeBron's going to have another year like he did a couple of seasons ago because, Howard, to your point, like the Wash King thing was manufactured, but he used that. Um, The criticisms of the team now are real. Like, Russ does not fit with that team. This team is too old. This team has too many, you know, kind of names and not players. And whenever LeBron gets kind of a whiff of real criticism, he does tend to, you know, put that in the fuel tank and play a lot better because of it. So I think LeBron's the best player in the conference, but I, I think that Luka is nipping at his heels, and I am not using that uh, those playoff series, uh, those losses to the Clippers against him. Uh, I, I'll just throw my hat in here and say that I think it's definitely LeBron. I mean, we put him, you know, Mike, Chris, Jeremy, and I put him number three on our top 100 list for a reason. I still think uh, in game seven of a playoff series, all these guys you mentioned, I don't think anyone can control the flow of a game like LeBron. I don't even think Kawhi has that yet, where if LeBron wants to, he will grind the game down to a halt and kind of bend it to the style of play that he thinks is going to help him the most on a given night. I just I just want to put up a little bit of a defense for Jokic. Uh, I know Herring brought him up. You know, Manix, of course you do. Of course yeah. you do. Of course you do. Of course you do. Go ahead. I mean, Get, I, 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 you know, Jokic is out here making it to the second round of the playoffs with the starting backcourt of Campazzo and Austin Rivers. Uh, that 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 was incredible. I, he's also the MVP. You're making it sound like it's just me. He's a reigning MVP. I feel like he deserves a little bit more respect than he's gotten in this discussion so far. Uh, and I think of all the guys we've mentioned, the player who does come the closest to controlling the game is Jokic. And I think that's a, an important distinction to make. And he's also proven it time and time again in the playoffs. He may not have, you know, the flashy scoring nights that Luka has. But, you know, you look at his playoff record now, elimination games, game sevens, etc. cetera. Uh, it's, it's remarkable the numbers he's put up. Uh, Jokic was also my uh, actual the player who kind of popped into my head when I was kind of deciding to ask this question to you guys for all those reasons that Rohan pointed out. And I also want to needle Rohan a little bit by saying that the last time we saw Jokic on the court in the playoffs, he was slapping campaign in the groin. So I don't know about uh, you Listen, know the if end you of were his, with Austin the postseason wasn't all Austin, you'd start slapping people too, you know. Fair point, fair point. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. So kind of, I think, Chris, you might have mentioned, Chris Herring, you might have mentioned Steph Curry's name in this conversation. And I actually anticipated more Steph Curry votes for this uh, little uh, dialogue we were having. Uh, but Steph Curry is obviously coming off a, a, a magical season. It was vintage. He led the NBA in scoring. He had multiple 60-point games. He was ridiculous. And coming into this season now, He's got a little bit more firepower. He's got some vets. He's got old friend Andre Iguodala back. Um, Nemanja Bialica, the steal of the offseason, Rohan, as I, you know I like to say. Um, are, are, are the Warriors a legitimate title contender to you guys right now, or do they have even more holes than the Los Angeles Lakers do? Can I hop in here? I, I, I don't. I don't see it yet. I mean, I've, I've, I've said this. I feel a little bit like a broken record. I know Michael knows my opinion on this. I've got to see Clay at full strength, close to full strength, before I'm willing to even have that conversation. Jordan Poole has been a nice story so far. You know, he's probably my pick, early pick for most improved player of a guy that you have to kind of be looking out for to do that, potentially win that. Uh, Wiggins took a really nice step forward. I kind of feel like he's never going to be what everybody hoped he would be, but he could be a solid player in this league for a long time still just based on what he can do. Um Assuming that he, you know, gets vaccinated each year. Um, but I I don't see them, even with all those things happening, I just don't see the idea of them being in that conversation if Clay's not there as the threat that he is and as the two-way stopper that he can be and that he is for that team. I, you know, Steph, I think Steph could be in the MVP race, can potentially win MVP, um, you know, and I think he, he bolsters his chances of being able to do that with the other guys being – solid and pool being better but i just i don't see them being a threat to win the west to beat the lakers to beat utah to beat all these teams without clay being clay Uh, i'm with i'm with you chris like i i i he's coming off two of the most significant lower body injuries that you can possibly have a torn acl the torn achilles and he's young enough 
to me, to eventually get it back. But expecting him to roll back into practice full speed in the next month, get back into games sometime in December, and be the player that we've seen for the last five years, that, that's asking a lot to me. And, you know, whenever I talk to coaches about what Clay might look like, you know, they all say he's going to be able to shoot it. Like, he's been shooting it, you know, really since he's been able to kind of walk again. So I think the shot will come back relatively quick, quickly. But he was kind of sneaky good off the dribble, kind of with ball fakes and getting to the rim. He was a high-level defensive guy for that team. I mean, Draymond gets a lot of credit, deservedly so, for that team's defensive identity. But Clay Thompson was a big part of that. And so expecting him to be that guy this season, I think it's just too much to ask. And a 75% version of Clay Thompson is not going to get Golden State to the championship level. Yeah, I'm, I'm there too. I'm there too. I just I think that, that we're all too tempted to look at the Warriors as the team that we saw in 2018 winning the championship. That's going to be four years ago by the time the next finals roll around. That's hard to believe, but it'll have been four years. And if you look at who was the core of that team in the 2018 postseason for the Warriors, it's Durant, who's gone. Curry, who, of course, is still playing like an MVP. Clay, who we've already heard all the caveats on, and I agree with them all. Draymond, a younger version of. Iguodala, a younger version of, and he's now returned. Then you had Nick Young, Sean Livingston, David West, JaVale, Zaza. This is a completely different group around them. Um, yeah, can can Poole play as well in the regular seasons we've seen in the, in the preseason and, and to an extent last season? Um, Wiggins, Looney, Wiseman, Otto Porter, um, Bielitsa. Like, is do we really think that that group is as strong as what they had around them the last time they won a title, uh, or even the last time they were in the finals in, in 2019? And I don't, I don't think, I don't think they are. I just don't think that they're there. I, w- I would love for them to be there, but um, I don't think that's reality. I think I have a little bit more faith in them than you guys, only because I look at the West is really wide open right now. Uh, the Nuggets and Jazz, or the Nuggets and Clippers, rather, I think would be my number one and two teams in this conference if their guys were healthy, but they also have players coming the off Clippers? major injuries, right? Okay. I, I, well, with Kawhi, yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, they also have guys coming off major injuries. We, we <laughs> had a big discussion about our doubts about the Lakers. Mannix was calling the Suns a first-round playoff exit if the Lakers were healthy last year. I think a lot of people would agree they got a little fortunate, uh, which I don't disagree with. I'm just saying I think a lot of people would agree they got a little fortunate uh, in their finals run. Uh, the Jazz, uh, I got think, got a little exposed in the second round of the playoffs last year, which I called very early in the season on a podcast discussion very similar to this one, which is a lot How of brave which, of you, which is a, a way of me saying that I do think the Warriors. I, I understand the clay caveats. I, I will say that he's kind of had the, the maximum amount of time you'd want a player to have to come back from those injuries. And I just think this this conference is wide open. And I, I think that there's something to be sort of the collective spirit of a group like the Warriors who have the experience that they've had and are now playing with something to prove. You know, this is a team that was for years kind of the, the number one target in the NBA. Everyone was going after them. The last couple of years, obviously, they've dealt with injuries, et cetera. Now they're, now they're in a position to chase after people. Now, now they kind of have that hunger back. They have that motivation back. I, realistically, can they win the finals? I agree that it's probably going to take probably another year before Clay is at that level where they're that kind of team. But I think the West is wide open, and, and I don't know that they are that far behind all these teams that have major question marks. 
Saying the Suns were a little fortunate in the playoffs last year was like <laughs> saying, like, I, I was a little unfortunate at SI Swimsuit for 10 years. Like, they're both the same thing. Like, that's, that's the level of fortune, misfortune. I, I think the, the great point, Mannix. I think the, <laughs> the, the, the case for the Warriors, I don't, I'm also a little dubious, even if you were to tell me that Clay Thompson was 100% and looked like the old Clay Thompson. Um, the reason for it is they had the fifth best defense in the NBA last season. When when Curry and Draymond are on the court together, and Draymond's at the five, the Warriors are just they're an excellent basketball team. The question is like how many minutes can you actually play with those two guys on the floor with Draymond at the five with Wiseman trying to develop? Um, those guys aren't young either, and I I kind of wonder if Curry's body will allow him to play 100 games as a 34-year-old, given all the mileage he's had on his ankles and everything. So I'm I'm also dubious of the Warriors, but I do like Rohan's point about how crummy, or not crummy, but like volatile the Western Conference is this season without an absolute clear favorite. Um, okay, so kind of pivoting from the Warriors for a, a couple minutes here, I want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers. They're a fascinating team that we have not mentioned yet. Uh, They have one of the best players in the conference, another player, Damian Lillard, who we did not mention in that other conversation we had about the best players in the conference. Um, How good, Chris Herring, do you think Portland will actually be this year? And is it good enough to keep Dame all season long? Like, Do you expect him to be with the Blazers post-trade deadline? I mean, have they really been good enough to really truly deserve him if that's what we're going off of like the last few years uh you know they have moments where they step up where Nurkic has you know kind of lifted them to a new level I know they haven't been healthy they haven't been fully healthy in a while um but even when they are you know I guess Nurkic being the main one the other pieces around them don't really fully complement Dame I don't think um it's hard to imagine them at their best winning a title even if the West if we're saying it's wide open I know they've been to the conference finals once um, so who knows? I, I just don't quite see it. I, I, I guess I'm also of the opinion. I'm a, of, of the opinion as well that at a certain point, you just have to try something different and they haven't fundamentally shaken stuff up enough in my opinion for how many times they've fallen short. I know that one of the big shakeups you can make when you're not willing to do that with the rosters, the coach, they've done that. You know, I, I, I tend to think that putting a first time coach in place, does not necessarily guarantee anything either. We don't really know what to make of that blueprint. Uh, did work for Golden State with Kerr. So who knows? Maybe it can work. Maybe there's a completely different game plan that Chauncey's going to run down. But uh, I I don't know that it will be good enough. And I don't know whether that will make a difference. I don't know what Dame's timeline is here. I know he said it's kind of wait and see. But uh, it, you know, it's just going to come down to what, how much appetite he has for this sort of thing to just kind of wait it out. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how this team makes any kind of measurable leap. I mean, you know, what's that old Bill Parcells line? Like, you are what your record says you are. Like, this is a team that lost to a Nuggets team that played Rohan's favorites, Campazzo and Austin Rivers in the playoffs. <laughs> like, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum lost to a team that had a backcourt of Campazzo and Rivers. Uh, that, that, I, they didn't do anything significant this offseason. Like, you're going to tell me that... Adding like Cody Zeller 
makes a lot of sense or like is a game changer for this group. You're going to tell me that a full season with Norman Powell, who, by the way, now gives the 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 uh, Blazers a starting, you know, perimeter group of the smallest you've ever like in the league, right? Right. Like, you're already around six, four. I know we're in a league where we're positionless basketball. That's a really small uh, three man rotation in that front court. I, I just don't see how Chauncey Billups can come in and scheme this team into the upper half of of the NBA uh, defensively. I mean, this is why. Let me. Let me. You've got. You've oh. good. All right. Yeah. No. Good. No. I was just gonna say, like, let me try to make the case for them. And sorry, there was just enough of a lull in the video feed there that I thought <laughs> you were done, Chris. Um, <laughs> there, let me try to make the case for them just briefly. They went forty-two and thirty last year. That's the equivalent of a forty-eight win season in a normal eighty-two game season. So not spectacular, but you know, uh, flirting with fifty. Their last couple of regular seasons where we had 82 game seasons, the Blazers won 49 and 53 games. Supporting cast has changed a little bit, but the most important thing is like, is Nurkic going to stay healthy? Cause he keeps getting hurt. He misses 35 games last season. CJ McCollum misses 25 games last season. Norm Powell, whether you think he's a net upgrade or not, they only had him for 27 games last season. So you get a presumed full season from everybody. We can never presume that, but let's presume it. I'm not sure what Tony Snell and Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller are adding. Maybe Anthony Simons takes a, makes a leap. But the core group there, if healthy, are we really convinced that, that they're that far behind this mix of teams that have caveats? The, the Mavericks have a lot of caveats, right? Is Porzingis going to be able to play like an all-star anywhere, or anywhere near it? Is their supporting cast enough? Uh, the Clippers, how are they going to look without Kawhi Leonard for probably the whole season? Um like, there's so many in that group that's below, I don't even know who they're below, in that group atop the West that we are all debating, um, everyone's got caveats. And if, if everything breaks right for the Blazers, and by break right, I mean stay healthy for once, I'm not convinced they're that far behind those teams. Yeah, but but Howard, where, where is, like, tell me where the defensive improvement comes. Like, that's the big thing. Like, I mean, Larry Nance is a good defensive player. I think he helps them on the defensive end. But where else? Is that defensive improvement coming from? This was a team, I believe, dead last in the NBA last season in defensive efficiency. Like, where does that improvement come from? Because, like, Mike D'Antoni couldn't do it. Like, he couldn't have an all-offense, no-defense system. He had some some generational talents offensively. Yes, Portland's got Lillard. McCollum is, you know, that new kind of – the new Mike Conley, if you will, the best player, never been an all-star. But, like, I just don't see – I don't see enough defensive improvement to make me believe they're anything more than kind of a middle-of-the-pack playoff team at best. Fair, but let me just say this, and I know, I know exactly what the reaction is going to be to this as I say it, but the Knicks were a crap defensive team two seasons ago, one season of Tibbs, and suddenly they're up there. Chauncey Billups is not Tibbs. I'm giving you that off the, right off the top. Don't freak out. I'm just saying that sometimes the right approach, the right scheme, the right accountability, whatever it may be, can take a team that is largely the same group that the previous season was bottom third and can make a big leap if you emphasize the right things. And I don't know, who knows? Maybe Larry Nance Jr. I'll, wins defense. I'm going to run in uh, on Howard's defense here. Just, you know, come out of the tunnel, uh, crowd going wild, Howard, Howard getting killed in this triple threat <laughs> match. But I'll run in and take uh, Howard's side on this one and say this. I think he brings up an interesting point. We, we don't know what kind of effect Billups is going to have. I do think Larry Nance is the kind of person that they could play um, at center for lineups that would maybe change their defensive ceiling to a degree. I do think losing guys like Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony. Melo was playing a lot for that team. 
uh, those guys are absolute black holes on defense. Uh, just addition by subtraction for their defense, no longer having those guys on their team. Uh, having Zeller pick up some of those backup five minutes will at least help their defense in those situations. And to Howard's point, I, I think he, I, I've mentioned this too, there is just a weird malaise in the Western Conference, right? There's no clear-cut favorite. Teams like Phoenix could come back down to earth. Could the Blazers, you know, beat Phoenix or Utah or, you know, the Mavericks in a playoff series, the Clippers without Kawhi? I definitely think it's possible. I might not pick them uh, against all those teams individually, but it, it wouldn't be insane. So I, I'm with Howard here. I, I do think their ceiling is still a conference finals team, which has been their ceiling for the last 10 years. So I, I guess it's a, a long-winded way of saying nothing is materially different for them. We'd all be very surprised if they made the finals, but I do think because of how poorly last season ended for them and how bad it looked against Denver, people are maybe, I think, a little bit too cool on them. And, and to Howard's point, I mean, for the fact that they won 42 games in the shortened season with injuries to three of their best guys, uh, or at least Nurkic and McCollum, it was pretty impressive. I wouldn't have done the uh, the Gary Trent trade, by the way. I like Gary Trent better for that team than Norman Powell. That was Not a that weird Gary's trade. Gary's a better player. That was a weird trade. But, but yeah. Gary, Gary's a defensive guy. Like, Gary was like a – you know, he's not a great defender, but he's a tenacious one. I don't I, – I like – for that team, I thought Gary Trent was a better fit. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. So, that was always a weird one to me. R- r- real quick, Rohan, um, bravo for uh, the addition by subtraction line. It's one that I've been saying on our podcast for, <laughs> for weeks, and so I'm, oh, I'm glad yeah. that you're taking notes. I haven't heard you say it once, um, and I don't listen to the episodes you do without me, so – <laughs> I can't, wait, I can't wait, hold on. You listen, you listen, you listen to the episodes that you're on. That's a little voyeuristic, don't you think? Yeah, I gotta get those. I gotta get those that listener count up, Chris. You know, I'm not taking okay. any chances, buddy. I'm playing them out on six different devices at once. I think what he's actually saying is that he's not listening when Chris Herring is on, and I don't think you should take that, Herring. <laughs> That's exactly, That's exactly what that right. sounded like. Because it, <laughs> how, how does listening to our podcast hurt your numbers? It's not hurting you. <laughs> But I, I the, the 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 Portland points are interesting. I think when you look at just talking real quick about their defense, when Nurkic is on the court, um, with you know Covington, Lillard, Powell, and CJ, like their defense was actually really good with that lineup. I know they didn't play a ton, but they played enough to to show you that okay, maybe defense is a salvageable thing. I know they had the second worst defense overall in like NBA history last season, but <laughs> that point right there gives me a little bit of, of optimism about them. And then it's true. The addition by subtraction is something that I, I've come back to time and time again. Anis Cantor was playing a lot of minutes for them. He is the worst defender at his position, arguably in NBA history. Carmelo <laughs> Anthony uh, played a lot of minutes for them and is a, a, a sieve on, on defense. He's, he's absolutely atrocious. So I like adding even just comp, like competent defenders like Ben McLemore or Tony Snell or whoever they're going to have in their rotation on the wing. Cody Zeller is not lighting the world on fire to all of your points, but he is not um, Ennis Cantor either. And I also love Larry Nance Jr. So that's my case for Portland. All right, just, um, just real quick, just real quick. I'm, I'm now going to be okay. the Ennis Cantor Defense Foundation here. Oh, here we, go. here we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, okay. Ennis Cantor, not a good defensive player, but two years ago, Ennis Cantor was on a Celtics team that was a top five defense and was playing minutes, Peanut, for that Celtics team. I watched them up close. He was playing uh-huh. minutes on a top five defensive team. He he was. I saw that as well. I have no explanation. I can't <laughs> I would, really. I would just like I don't to, know say, what to say to you. 
I would just like to say that every time Ennis Cantor checked into the game uh, during the Heat Celtics Conference Finals, I literally cheered alone in my apartment when Ennis Cantor walked onto the floor. Just a big, massive fist bump every time. Okay, so Portland stinks. I guess is the uh, <laughs> no. The they have a low, a low ceiling, a low ceiling. Yeah, yeah low ceiling, high okay, floor, okay. low ceiling. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to spend too much more time on Portland. I do, I do have one question that I want to throw at you guys that just popped into my head, though. Um, the rumored Ben Simmons for C.J. McCollum and three first-round picks and three pick swaps. If you're Portland, do you do that? No. I'm, no, I'm, if, I'm doing it straight up. Wants out. <laughs> okay, one at a time, one at a time. <laughs> um, anybody, any, any, anybody but Rohan, please jump in and give me a <laughs> No, I'll say no, they should not do that. I mean, I would do Simmons for McCollum straight up because, it, to me, it makes sense. I mean, Lillard is used to playing with another ball handler, and Simmons' defense just is a game changer for that team. I'm not saying it elevates them to a championship level, but it's the kind of move that you can justify, and maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe the chemistry with Simmons and Lillard is better than what we saw from uh, Lillard and McCollum. But, I mean, three first-round picks and three pick swaps, I mean, give me a break. Like, there's not that big a difference in my mind between Ben Simmons and C.J. McCollum. One's great defensively and limited offensively. One's very, very good offensively and kind of just okay on the defensive side. So I I would do it straight up. I wouldn't do it with anything attached to it. It it would be an overpay. Yeah, it would would be be an overpay. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. can we can move on from that point. Um, I was just curious for your guys' takes on that. Um, except Rohan. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Um, okay, so uh, moving on from Portland real quick, I want to talk about the Nuggets, who we, we touched on them earlier, but they are a fascinating basketball team, even with Jamal Murray out for, we don't really know how long, but he's going to be out for a, a good chunk of this season, their second best player, one of the best postseason performers in the entire league. Do we think that the Nuggets, even with Jamal on the sideline, do we think that they are a contender coming into this season with Nikola Jokic as the MVP, with Aaron Gordon locked into his extension, with Michael Porter Jr. locked into a max extension and uh, you know had one of the most efficient shooting seasons of all time last year? Like, What do you guys think about um, – Howard, I'll throw it to you. What do you think about the Nuggets when I, say, uh, when I ask the question if they're a contender or not? I think they are. I think in a wide open West where we have a lot of questions, like the Lakers are the odds on favorite, right? Vegas likes them, you know, various pundits like them, but we all know that the, the, the Lakers have all these caveats. We've, we've named them earlier. Every team atop the mm-hmm. West has caveats. If you, if when we were talking about it within that context, the fact that they're going to be without Jamal Murray, who is their second best player for sure. And he's, he plays an important position, but the real point guard of the Denver Nuggets is their center. So, you know, let's look at what they did without him. 13-5 and five without Murray down the stretch after he goes down with the ACL. They get by with the Monty Morris, Campazzo, you know, Austin Rivers, whatever, melange of, of guards. They'll have, a, they'll have a full year of Aaron Gordon. Um, p- p- you know, potentially another leap from the newly rich and still apparently unvaccinated Michael Porter Jr. They, they, they imported another uh, Jeff Green to go with their Jamichael Green. They, they got the market cornered on <laughs> Greens. Um, I I, th- I think the Nuggets, as a team that already had a, a lot of firepower, they will. It's not that they won't miss Jamal Murray, and they won't. You know, they'll clearly miss the two man game with Jokic. But can they get by and still have a pretty great regular season record until he maybe even gets back? He went down in April. He could conceivably be back in February, March, as a young guy coming back off an ACL. Um, I, I absolutely think the Nuggets can still make a run. No question. Yeah, I'm I'm riding uh, with my guy Beck once again. You know, just the the team up is still there, whether he whether he likes it or not. But I, I'm with him. I think the West is so wide open. I love that they've locked up this core, uh, and I think shown faith in this group. And I th- I think they made it. I really really like the Jeff Green pickup for them. I think he's a more useful player, especially in the playoffs. And Paul Millsap at this point, uh, you know, Will Barton came back as well. Uh, they have the ability, I, I think, to make a trade uh, or add a buyout guy at some point to kind of bolster the rotation. I also think they have, you know, a guy like P.J. Dozier, I think, is talented and could be valuable for them. He was someone who they greatly missed during the playoffs when he was injured. So I, I, I really like this team. And like how it said, if, if Murray comes back, you know, because of how great Jokic is, how good of a scorer MPJ is, I think they need – they can get by better with a 80% version of Jamal Murray than most teams can get by with an 80% version of their second best player. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm high on the nuggets. Once again, I, I think that they could be, uh, you know, still a force in the West without Jamal. Yeah. They're, they're one of those teams that has a lot of variance to it. And you like the warriors, uh, you can't really make any predictions about what this team's going to be until you see what Murray looks like and when he comes back and how many minutes he play when he comes back and if he's shaking all the rust off uh, come playoff time with him they're they're a contender legit I mean the Nuggets clearly know something about the back the, the health of the back of Michael Porter Jr. they're clearly comfortable 
with where he is physically to give him that type of max extension at this point. Um, with Murray in that mix, they're tough to stop offensively. Without him, I think they're still you know, missing that guy that can get you buckets in the postseason. They were able to get away with it against Portland, but you saw that kind of exposed in the second round against a good backcourt uh, in Phoenix. So I'm just waiting to see what Murray looks like when he comes back. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with that where I don't see enough there. I mean, the one thing we really haven't talked about is Michael Porter Jr. If he takes a massive leap. But I, you know, and I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. I just don't quite see that happening. I mean, he's made, you know, he's grown by leaps and bounds statistically. And just as far as, you know, even though he's got a long way to go defensively, he's gotten better on that end. He's gotten more efficient. But he's still not someone that puts the ball on the floor very much. He's, you know, he's really a star, star, star role player that scores enough to be a second option, but is not really creating enough to be one. Um, and I kind of feel like that's a, a tough role. Now, I will say this. Uh, Austin Rivers has been a really nice fill-in for someone like Jamal Murray. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily thought that that would be the case. But it, it makes sense. Like, he does a lot of stuff where he's creating for himself and creating for other people. And, you know, even some of the footwork stuff kind of looks similar to Murray's a little bit of the time. Um, I, I like the fact that Denver might be able to kind of hold their own more than people think because they did a very good job of that last year when they just kind of got thrown into it when Murray got hurt. They were able to prepare for that this season to practice without him um, leading into the season. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm with everybody else in the sense that I can't quite see – them making this really long run without him. Maybe you went around again without him. Uh, maybe you even get two. But the idea of winning the whole West without him, uh, and then even winning it with them if he's really rusty, I, I just kind of feel like he, he needs to come back with some time to go in the season for me to think that that's a possibility. Uh, shout out to uh, Austin Rivers, who I I like. But if you're throwing Austin Rivers' name into an argument about a team, whether or not they can be a contender, uh, then it's just that's just the answer is no. I'm sorry. And also shout out he to Monte had that Morris. Play. I don't think we mentioned him. He, he, had, he had that, that play. play. That yeah, sure. almost Go cost on. him. Uh, <laughs> he, he, sorry. Yeah, he had that play. I'm sure he did over the course of that whole season. He was there. There was that one play where he just like gave up. Um, now, granted, that series was over anyway. Probably Phoenix was going to win, um, you know, and then Jokic gets ejected and and the closeout game. But then there was a play where the ball was kept alive for like eight or nine seconds under the basket, and Austin Rivers just gave up on the play and was like standing out of bounds. And I feel like that's exactly what you're talking about. What I'm talking about, where at some point he costs you, where he just his brain shuts off for a minute. Or defensively, he's obviously not a great player defensively. He finds a way to hurt you some way. He, he, he gives everything he has on offense. I really believe that. But there are just times where he just has these lapses that would really hurt a contending team. And it's why he couldn't normally have a starting role with a contending team in a normal situation because he always makes a mistake somewhere down the line like that. Okay, guys, let's jump to the other end of the spectrum here, um, the the bottom of the Western Conference. I want I want you guys to each give me a team that I guess is is just kind of the consensus on them is they are, are bad or they are not a playoff team. And I want you to tell me why you're more bullish on them than most people who watch the NBA and why maybe they could even make the playoffs if everything goes right. So, Rohan, why don't you kick us off here? 
Yeah, let me tell you, Mike, I'm not bullish on anyone. I saw this question and I was like, there's a there's like a definitive maybe top eight or nine in the conference. But I mean, do you want me to make a case for like the Kings, the Timberwolves or the Pelicans? I mean, I think all those teams could be watchable. I, you know, once Zion's healthy, I think the Pelicans will be fun to watch. I think the Wolves uh, could be great offensively with D'Angelo, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Towns playing together. Please, just, 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 Rohan, just pick one team. We don't need the whole spiel about every single team. Oh, okay. okay, I'll go with the Kings because I like De'Aaron Fox, and I think De'Aaron Fox is an all-star caliber player who has been stuck in one of the worst organ- worst-run organizations in professional sports in the Kings. Free De'Aaron Fox. Get him out of there. He's too good. Um, so I'll go with the Kings only because I'm a big fan of De'Aaron Fox. But I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna make an arbitrary case for all these shitty West teams just because you asked me the question, Mike. Okay. Well, you're off, you're off the show now. I'm sorry. You've been banned. <laughs> um, I like the Kings pick. We talked about that in a, in a mm-hmm. recent episode. They're, they're actually very... They've got a lot of competent players. It's they do, yeah. Bizarre. It's bizarre. Like it's. Biz- I know that they're they're talking about um, wanting to finish fifteenth in defensive rating after being the worst defense in literally the history of the NBA last season. So that's a good goal for them. We'll see see if it works out. Howard, do you have a team here that is uh, probably not going to make the playoffs, but you wouldn't be surprised personally if they did? No. I really hey, cool. Don't. That's that, like, that's great. I'm, I I I feel like Rohan uh, stole my my stick in the mud shtick uh, for that go. one. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, like it's it, no, it's really like you want to make a case, right? Like I I thought for a moment when I saw the question, like you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be like a, a just a bizarre person here. I'm just gonna go with the thunder. I'm gonna go with the. Let me make. <laughs> I'm like. No, because the fun here's the fun thing. Like, it's not like they have a chance to make the playoffs, but like, if you're picking amongst the crappy teams at the bottom of the West, and you're saying, "But who do I actually have faith in being something in a couple of years?" I might, I probably go Oklahoma, right? Because they got Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's a, 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 a budding star. They got a really smart GM. They still got a boatload of picks, which at some point you imagine they will bundle up and turn into actual players. Like they'll, they've got some interesting young players. Like I think the Thunder could be good in a couple of years, or at least fun in the meantime. But most of these teams, like, I, like the Pelicans are just depressing at this stage. You know, <laughs> very Zion's Zion starting the year not only hurt, but with the whole thing shrouded in mystery and misdirection or obfuscation. Like, what the hell is going on in New Orleans? What's going on with Zion? And a guy who comes in at his size and his build with his explosiveness, with a history of, of lower extremity issues, and now has another one to start the season, you start to worry about whether the Pelicans are ever getting out of this loop. Um but they're the team you, that should be the team, right? Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, some other good players there. That's the team that should be in the mix to whether they're in the play-in and, and actually then make the playoffs out of the play-in or whatever. Like that's the team that should have us all intrigued. And instead, it's just this haze. Yeah, I, I wrote about Zion last week, and then later on in the day, we learned Great that timing. he's going to be out. It was It was just perfect, you know? We had, had a conversation with my editor. I was like, let's run it regardless. He was hesitant. So shout out to Mark Bechtel, who is always right and I am always wrong. Um, but but they're, they're, they're the obvious choice, I think, for this question. If Zion does come back in two weeks and looks like an MVP candidate, averaging 30 and 12. MVP and candidate? 60%. Yeah, that's the, that's the... Ta- uh, you, 
any, we did yeah, this, okay, I agree. We don't need to, uh, any team could be good if their best player looked like an MVP candidate, but that's not happening with yeah, Zion. Yes, that, okay, I know, he's, we, we do not need to rehash the Zion thing. You are a hater, you don't know what you're talking about, and that's okay, that's not a big deal, that's been established on this show, time think, and time again. I think um, the Heat are going to win the finals if Bam looks like an MVP candidate, but. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's almost the same thing. That's yeah, almost yeah, the same yeah, thing, yeah. Rohan. Um, I I will put in a, a good word here for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm unnaturally bullish on them, I suppose, just because I love I love Cat. Um, I think that he could have a bounce back year. I love the Patrick Beverly addition, just as someone who can just be like an instigator in their locker room that they've never had. It always seems like they have a bunch of guys who don't care as much as Patrick Beverly maybe that's not fair to say but it's just the the vibe that they always give off and I love their young talent I love Anthony Edwards I love Jaden McDaniels uh you know D'Angelo Russell is D'Angelo Russell and he's there making a lot of money and has some skill (laughs) offensively um Herring, you have not you have not uh, jumped into this fray. Are you going to be as boring as Howard and Rohan and not have a team, or do you want to you know go to bat for the San Antonio Spurs right now or a team <laughs> like that? Yeah, Michael, you actually took the team. I was going to say I was going to say the T Wolves as well. Uh, actually, Rohan kind of took them too because he also kind of mentioned the T Wolves. Um, I just kind of feel like something we could have like an Angels in the outfield type season with them. They have enough talent to do it. <laughs> They have enough talent. I mean, they have cat. They're getting who, celestial beings help. That's yeah, what's yeah. happening. I mean, when you look at how they played, they've had the opposite of that happen, and it seems like every year. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's maybe they're due. Um, they have enough talent. In all seriousness, they have enough talent to do it. They do have a new coach who, if you look at it, at the you know the last month or so of last season, they put together a pretty decent. I won't say a run. But, you know, they were basically like 500 or so in that last month. Anthony Edwards looked like a future star, you know, in the last month. And really, had we had a longer season, depending on how you feel about a person that has his team in playoff contention versus not in numbers and counting statistics, he would have had more of a case for rookie of the year. I mean, he's putting up 40-point games as a rookie um, in an offense where they were not necessarily like looking to get the ball to him even in that game, at the end of that game where he had 40. So it's it was a little bit of a mess. Uh, some of those guys probably don't need to be there. But it, it it is a team that has enough talent and at least enough of a new situation with the coach to where if it happened, it wouldn't stun me completely. It probably would stun me mostly, but not completely. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll say them for the sake of the argument the exercise. <laughs> a partial stunning. I'll, I'll take it, um, Herring. I want to stick. Uh, I want to stick with you for this next question here. Um, which player in the Western Conference do you think will make the All Star team for the very first time? If you believe there are any players who have never made the All Star team that will be first time All Stars in the Western Conference this season, Shea, Shea didn't make the team last year, right? He was hurt anyway. Did he get picked for it? No, no, he did not. Shea. I'll say Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think, you know, Howard made the point a minute ago saying that, you know, for the sake of the argument, he was thinking about saying Oklahoma City. He was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make an argument just to make an argument. <laughs> now, the same point that I just made I, I about Minnesota. Either, in my defense. The same thing that I was saying about Minnesota at the end of the season where they were basically, you know, winning half their games toward the end of the season when teams stopped caring – 
Oklahoma City was basically doing that right before Shea got hurt and got held out of the lineup. I think they had won seven out of 12 or something like that up until he was out of the lineup, which for Shea to take that roster and make them a team that's winning seven out of 12 at any point, uh, I mean, we already know he's really good. I don't know. I think that even with them being really bad, he'll get attention for how great he is within their badness. So I think that he actually <laughs> will make an all-star team. If not this year, then maybe next year. But I think he's next on the list. Maybe Morant, but I feel like we know about him and he's being marketed a certain way. It's tougher for Shea to get that, but I think that he's so good within just the you know the state of a horrible team that I think that he'll actually cause people to watch them. I think he'll get enough attention to make the team. Wow, Josh okay. getting Rohan, marketed. Who's your guy? I like that. Uh, I, those are actually two great names that Heron brought up, Shay and Ja. I think Gilgis Alexander is a great pick. I mean, he's he his numbers last year were incredible. He just barely played. I think he was only in 35 games. But just to mix it up, I'll, I'll go with De'Aaron Fox, who I think was really, really close uh, to getting an all-star nod last year. Arguably deserved kind of the, the hero one that Mike Conley got that – the dramatic phone call there, the rerouting of his flight, you know, whatever it was, uh, arguably could have got a deer and Fox. So uh, I'll say De'Aaron because I, I think his, the talent is there. He's improved so much as a, as a shooter, has really become such a multi-level scorer. Um, and I think the Kings, we keep coming back to it. They have pieces that would lend you to believe they could actually be a decent team. So maybe if they surprise people even a little bit, uh, that'll be enough to push them into the game. I like that pick. That's very interesting. Um, even though you were saying free De'Aaron Fox earlier in this episode, so maybe he's not in the uh, Western <laughs> Conference by the time All-Star Weekend rolls around. Uh, Howard, who's your who's your guy? Well, the tough part here is that I'm not sure how many openings there are really going to be. So if you look mm. at last year's uh, West All-Stars, and it gets confusing because now they pick the teams and it gets all scrambled. But Kawhi is the one guy who's not going to be back on the roster, right, because he's hurt. Um Booker and Conley were replacements for injured guys. I can't remember who the second... Oh, uh, AD was injured. I don't know who the other one mm-hmm. was. Um, there's just not a lot of obvious candidates to kick off to make room for somebody. But someone's got to replace Kawhi. Maybe there's another opening. Um, I think it's three guards. I think it's the two guys you already mentioned, plus John Morant, who Herring kind of half mentioned. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, De'Aaron Fox, and um and Ja Morant and I'm I would actually lean Ja just because the Grizzlies are that team that's kind of knocking on the door in the West they're the team yes. that you know we all expect them to be in play in range whether they actually make the playoffs we'll see but they're knocking on the door Ja Morant's knocking on the door of stardom he's a spectacular player um I I think he's one of these guys who works his tail off too so I think he'll come back with with a little bit more too um maybe they're getting a little healthier We'll see how the the trade off at, at center you know fares for them, but if they're competitive and more more competitive in this case certainly than Oklahoma and probably than Sacramento, they're gonna get Jaw's gonna get more benefit of the doubt just from them winning games. That was my thought process as well. I picked Jaw. I mean, as soon as I was the person who wrote the question down, so I actually had a little more time <laughs> to think about it than you guys. Um, but Ja was the first player who popped into my head, and I just wrote him down without thinking twice. I think Memphis will be really good. I think he's giving off these like 2011 Derrick Rose vibes offensively. He's just an absolute showstopper. His preseason has been tremendous. Uh, so Ja would be my pick. I don't, I, you know, Shea is super talented. Oklahoma City is going to win like seven games, though. So I just, I 
can't see uh, any of them getting any all stars. All of their wins are going to come by accident too. Like Sam Presti is going to be, you know, kicking <laughs> trash cans every time they win a game. Uh, you know, throwing his headphones down on the table. Uh, all their wins are going to be accidents. How many yeah, wins so will Oklahoma Shea, City have after the All Star break? Two. Probably more than two, Rohan. <laughs> but that was a good guess. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. So so that, that, that ridiculous statement that you just made, Rohan, really leads us into my next um, <laughs> question, which is I want, I want you guys to give me a bold prediction that you have um, about the Western Conference. And we can wrap it up here. Um, this could be about a team. This could be about a player. This could be very positive. This could be very negative. Just what's something that is kind of semi-outrageous that you want to get off your chest in in prediction form about the Western Conference this season? And, and Herring, I want you to kind of kick us off here. Well, in the, in the spirit of what we were talking about with Howard uh, earlier with the idea of ridiculousness and it's like well will I be ridiculous or will I not I couldn't really come up with one I, it was really easy for me to find ones within the east but for the west the one that I wrote down was actually one it was the T-Wolves I was like ah the T-Wolves are going to make the playoffs without even having to use the plan they're going to be the sixth seed wow I don't, Ooh, okay. I don't actually believe that but I had to find something to write down and they they have enough talent to do something that wild will it happen no will they even make the playoffs probably not but that was the only thing I could think of for some reason I could come up with 20 for the Eastern Conference but for the West I couldn't it was hard for me to not for me to find something that I hadn't already kind of talked about in some way shape or form. Her- Herring 
Herring, you said the quiet part out loud. This is a podcast. We're supposed to be entertaining the people. They're supposed to believe that you think the crazy things that you say. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, look, uh, it, it, if, if crazy, crazy stuff happens, they have talent. I mean, Kat, as you wrote so eloquently, the guy was not healthy at all last season, whether we're talking about physically, God only knows what how he was feeling last year, which he also spoke to you about. Um you know, so there's that element of it. If you get better defensive effort and some development out of those guys, which you would hope you're getting that just because they're young, i still yet to see more guys than anybody outside of the Kentucky guys from Cauley Stein and Cat, who were so great defensively in college who just don't really have it defensively at the pro level. And maybe that scheme, maybe that's just them being so much more gifted physically than everybody else, but you still have a little bit of faith that that will come around. The idea that Cat is like a potentially a generational sort of offensive talent. Um, Edwards scoring the way he did towards the end of last season when he wasn't even always the focal point of what they were doing. You have so many guys that are capable of taking a leap. You have so many guys that are individually talented on defense. It's not really a scheme, team-based thing. But if some of those things come together and they gel a little bit, it's possible that they make the playoffs. Is it? Are they a team that can avoid the play-in? I would not take that bet. I'm saying the quiet part out loud. But uh, but it's uh, they could make things interesting. And to me, that's interesting enough in and of itself just when you look at this team and how far off they were last year. Okay, so uh, Rohan, I hope that your response to this question is not um, – the Dallas Mavericks will make the playoffs, as you you said on that the previous episode. That was not episode, at all what I, I said was, on a previous episode. That is a gross that, that is, characterization. That is, People I, can go check. I believe the that's tape. A, dir- a direct quote. I believe I said they can make the conference finals was my bold prediction for that one. But here's my actual bold prediction. This is something I promise you you've not heard anywhere else. Give me Nikola Jokic repeating as the league MVP. How about that for a bold prediction? We're not even going to go Western Conference. We're going to go the whole damn league. No one is talking about Jokic. This guy came out of the bubble and played in every single game for the Nuggets last season, while all the other teams that made it as far as them uh, had guys dropping like flies. Um, He was spectacular last year. I don't see any reason why he's not in the – he's in the prime of his career. He should only be getting better moving forward. I think – his team is built around him in such a way. Uh, you look at the other candidates. We talked about Steph Curry. We're not sure how good the Warriors are going to be. Uh, LeBron, is he going to take some rest now that he's got Russell Westbrook uh, who can run the show on some of these off nights? Uh, I look at Jokic. He's he's an Iron Man. He's going to be even more of a focal point with Murray out. I think he's going to put up huge numbers. And you know what? I think he also, as crazy as it sounds, has something to prove after how many people tried to say uh, he's a fluke MVP he only won because of shortened season. He only won because of injuries, etc. cetera. Uh, I, I know that he's not outwardly uh, emotive about that kind of stuff, but he, he definitely someone who I think has a lot of uh, intrinsic motivation. And, and uh, yeah, give me Nicole Jokic repeating his MVP. I like I that. Like I like that a lot. I think it's possible. Um, my MVP pick I'm going to be saving for a later <laughs> episode, but... Uh, if anyone, and this is not my pick, but if anyone who isn't Giannis wins MVP this year, I think I'll I'll be like kind of shocked. I'm not gonna lie; like he he just seems like he's got it in the. But bag that's not already. your pick. But no, that's not my pick. Um, he's, he's got it. He's I'm, got it in the bag on October 18th. 
He's got it in the bag. It's this is Giannis a, this is a, his, yeah. Beck, Beck, I know you're not on open floor often, but this is a this is a classic Pina move, which is this is how he gets to have it both ways, where he gets to say it's not his pick, <laughs> but also this is who is going to win. So now he just says he gets six bites at the apple at every question. No, it's a really masterful work. It's a really masterful work, Pina. I admire it. When you're the when you're the host, you can do what you want. And <laughs> over my dead body, uh, that'll never happen. Um Howard, do you have a, a, a bold prediction here for the Western Conference heading into the season? Uh, I do, and as it happens, it kind of leaps off of Rohan's bold prediction, which is that the Nuggets are going to win the West. Yes, the let's Nuggets. Go. The Nuggets are going to win the West for all the reasons that I stated, like five topics ago, three topics. I don't remember <laughs> what it was. Uh, Five, five Chris Herring frozen screens ago. Um, <laughs> little inside baseball. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 the uh, listen, the West is is much more wide open than anybody wants to acknowledge. Um, we have to see whether Russell Westbrook really does fit with LeBron and AD. We have to see LeBron get through the season healthy. We have to see the rest of the Lakers' 38 and older group, that may be a slight exaggeration, stay healthy throughout the season. We have to see what kind of cohesion they have with an entirely new roster around LeBron and AD. We can't assume much. We have to see Klay Thompson come back for the Warriors. We have to see who the Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard for probably the entire season. We have to see whether the Suns can repeat what they did last year um, and without some of the good fortune that, that, that fell their way in the playoffs. We need to see whether the Jazz can repeat what they did in the regular season and whether they're falling flat in the playoffs is going to just kind of just suck the oxygen out of the room, right? Like you did everything, every, like everything. You were as great as you could possibly be. They absolutely, credit to the Jazz, they maximized who they were, but they maximized who they were. <laughs> and I just don't see... <laughs> What a great line. I just I just don't see where the next gear is for that team. So you go up and down the top of the West, and yes, the Nuggets come in with a caveat of their own. They all have caveats, and it's Jamal Murray. But they have the reigning MVP and apparently the soon-to-be two-time MVP, according to Ron. Um, they have Michael Porter Jr. They have a full season of Aaron Gordon. They have this weird mix-and-match backcourt where every year Michael Malone just grabs somebody, throws them in there, and they do pretty well um, <laughs> when, when Jamal Murray is hurt or on the bench or whatever. Like They find a way, the Nuggets. And we're all going to sleep on them because there's nothing particularly sexy about that team. But they've got tremendous firepower. They've got co- uh, cohesion. They've got continuity. They've been together for a while, that core group. Uh there is in, in a Western conference where there are no sure bets and all kinds of, of asterisks flying everywhere. The nuggets I think are as, as solid a bet as anybody. So I, I, I love that pick by you, Howard. And I'm what I'm about to say, just this like gonna be so I think bad. goes up. It's just so much more extreme. I oh think, I hope, I don't know. Um, I, I think that the Los Angeles Clippers are going to come out of the Western Conference what? and go to the NBA. What? what? So, some of this. You, you some realize of this, we're not going to see Kawhi Leonard on a court again until 2026 because he's going to load manage let, for the next three yeah. years. Let me explain myself. Um, <laughs> some of this is an indictment on the rest of the conference, that's for sure. Clearly, the Clippers, the Clippers have continuity. They've exercised all the chemistry related demons that plagued them heading into last season. Paul George is incredible. Ty Lue is amazing. 
They can be active on the trade market if they want. And and all they need is maybe all they need. This is a little bit of an asterisk, but Kawhi Leonard has to come back by by March or early no April, chance. and then eventually, uh, no way. What do you mean? What, no how, how is this no chance? Dude, he, he, got, hurt, he, he got hurt two months after Jamal Murray did. Yeah, he so he's tore his ACL months. in June. He not only tore no his ACL doctor. in June and is notoriously, notoriously slow places injuries. <laughs> it's there's no chance. There's no chance. I'm, can we, uh, uh, Shelby? Uh, can you please just like gif uh, Rohan screaming at me? Because I'm going to be playing that over and over again <laughs> when Kawhi I'm, Leonard is holding the Am I about to side with MVP Michael? Trophy. Am I about to side with Michael just a little bit? Because y'all are going in on my man a little bit hard. No, come because on, we, Chris. We don't, be realistic. I, I, I can't really say I'm completely against what Michael said there. I got to at least defend him a little bit. Because if nothing else, we I don't think it's fair for us to assume that the nature of Kawhi's ACL is the same as Jamal Murray's or Derrick Rose's or anybody else's. I think his was a partial tear that was so partial – that it it wasn't even clear whether or not he was going to have to miss the rest of that Western Conference series. So I, like, yeah, he probably will miss a lot of time. It's Kawhi. You need to be careful with him. He's had problems before. But there is a chance that he could come back sooner. Kawhi has kind of already spoken to that. Uh, So I'm willing to hold out a little bit of thought that maybe that does happen and maybe it's not a situation where it's the very end of the season. But... I, I still see it as unlikely, but I, I guess there's a chance. It's not a. It, so with that caveat, I'll, I'll side with Michael a little bit. All I'll say is Thank even if, even if Kawhi comes back, Howard and I's Nuggets have already beaten him in a playoff series. So, uh, you know, <laughs> true. Yeah. Yes, Rowan, that was true. That was just two years just look, ago. Inside, just look up those the game seven stats. Just look up those game seven uh, stats and, and compare Jokic's box score to uh, Kawhi and Paul George. You might see some interesting things. All I got to say is Terrence Mann was not in the rotation then, and Terrence Mann is just <laughs> or Reggie Jackson. Just... Or Reggie Jackson. Ex- Terrence Mann might be Ex- their second best player, which is possibly yeah. part of the concern here. Yeah. Howard, thank you for that. That is why I'm picking the Clippers here. Terrence Mann, <laughs> my God, just incredible. Um, okay, let's let's wrap things up there. Uh, thank you to you, Howard. Thank you to Chris Mannix. Thank you, Rohan. Thank you, Chris Herring. Um, we will be back tomorrow uh, covering the uh, Eastern Conference over on the Crossover Podcast. So everybody go download that, um, subscribe to that podcast, subscribe to us. Send those emails in, openfloormail at gmail.com, openfloormail at gmail.com. And until we uh, talk to you guys again, everybody, please stay safe. Everybody, please continue to enjoy the NBA offseason. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hold up. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 